All right, folks, welcome back to the latest installment of our League podcast series. Uh, I am Adilla Most Dirty, uh, who you are cursed with today as your host. However, we have a much better lineup for our guest today. We're going to be talking about Talia. Talia? Talia. Talia. Okay, Talia. Thank you. Thank you, guests. Uh, Already doing a great job. Uh, We are blessed with members of essentially the DNA team, uh, as we call them for the Talia pod, that representing design narrative or writing, uh, and art. We've got one rep from each of these. We're going to go through and uh, uh, introduce them, and then we'll be diving into the -the behind-the-scenes story on the development of Talia. Uh, What is her title again? The Stoneweaver. The Stoneweaver. Thank you. Okay, perfect. So first up, representing art, uh, we have, I'm going to I'm gonna do my best here. We have Go for it. Willem van der Skyf. Uh, that's pretty good. Okay, awesome. All right. And you actually also have a terribly hard to pronounce summoner name as well, right? Yes. What, uh, what is it's that? It's pretty easy for me, but uh, so it's uh, Riot Tokolosi. Okay. Yeah, I assure you it's 13 letters and it's not actually <laughs> easy to pronounce. Um, but uh, what do you do? So I'm the uh, the art lead um, for Champ Blue Pod as well as the 3D character artist. Got you. And you have the fun challenge today of speaking for the ten artists uh, or, or so that yeah. I'm sure are on each Champ Pod. It's uh, a it's a big group of artists, and they all contributed to the development. I'm only here to relay some of the. Uh, the development process. How magnanimous of you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and of course, on design, we have Daniel Z. Klein, Xenon the Stoic. Uh, how did you uh, tell, tell them a little bit about yourself? Hello. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a champion designer. So the way I like to explain that to people is I decide what happens when you press the buttons. Um, it's, a bit, uh, it's a bit more complicated than that, but that's basically what I do. So I'm the guy who scripts stuff up and decides uh, what the champion should be doing. Uh, I've been at Riot for, yeah, I'm coming up on six years now. Some of you uh, listening to this may remember me from my shortcasting days back when I did uh, season one. Uh, at some point, I decided I should probably no longer be on camera, no longer pretty enough. So uh, podcasts are oh, ideal please. for me. Yes. <laughs> um, anyone, who's seen, anyone who's seen your hair and, <laughs> oh, wow. and your beard knows wow. that is not the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've been a champion designer for three years now. I have worked on Lucian, Azir, and Tom Kench. I am very sorry. Uh, <laughs> all totally uncontroversial. Oh, no, absolutely, champions. absolutely. The most vanilla, middle of the road champions. Loved ever by made. everyone. Mm, mm, yeah. <laughs> um, so I actually missed that. Uh, Villain, what are some of the champions you've worked on in the past? So I also worked um, with Daniel on Tom Kench. Um, and more recently, we worked on Alawi. Gotcha. Okay. And that's actually kind of a fun thing I know we're doing. Uh, we'll get to you in a second. Sorry, I'll side note is that uh, I, I know that we're getting this more and more over time is, is kind of the idea of like permanent rotating pods. So, so you, you, you folks tend to be working together with a lot of the same folks as you rotate from uh, a, a, a champion that's finally rolling out to kind of the next one down the line, correct? That's right. Yeah. So we have two designers per pod and then a dedicated narrative uh, writer and a dedicated art group that works together. Gotcha. Yeah. Awesome. That's got to be uh, great for long-term continuity. All right, on to Ariel Lawrence, uh, who is representing narrative. Uh, that's that's writing for some of you folks out there. Uh, story or lore f- uh, uh, last for some of you uh, folks out there as well. Uh, I believe your summoner name is Thermal Kitten. That's right. What's what's the background there? Why? Uh, you know, like I have a thing for like soft, cuddly kitty cats. You know? Okay. That's, uh, okay. So it's not like hot ones. fire kitten so much as warm. Well, kitten. I did start playing Annie, um, so I do have maybe a little pyromania in my history. So gotcha. I'll just okay. Keep that. Um, what uh, what what's your background here? I know you're relatively newer uh, to the company. Should than, I talk than... about where I was before before I came here? You or? can absolutely for so, sure. So um, I've been at Riot since the end of last July, and uh, Talia is my first champ and uh, my first champ with Blue Pod, mm. and I'm uh, very excited. But before that, I was at uh, Sony Santa Monica Studios okay. for eleven and a half years, and I worked on four of the God of Wars. So wow. it's been a long time there. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. Okay, everyone so, knows a lot about Greek mythology and how to kill it. Yes. Okay. Yeah, there you go. It's very important. She's pretty much like Kratos. Yeah, oh, okay. kind of okay. very thematic. How many similar. heads did she rip off? Because that, that's, that's how you kill things. I'm, re- I'm remembering this one cut scene where he fights like Helios or something and he rips his head off in the most horrifying... I can't yeah. remember who it was, actually. Mm-hmm. I did notice something fun in there. You said you, that you guys are Blue Pod. Yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. How much better is Blue Pod than... 
Red Red Pod? 12 times better. Okay. Okay. Good. Blue Just, Pod Best Pod, I believe, uh, is our motto. There we go. Okay. Like, all right. Good stuff. So, yeah. We had to get that out there. For, uh, that out there for those folks. Okay. So we are going to jump in and, and just talk essentially about just how how Talia came to to uh, to where she is hitting PBE just recently. Um, I, it's it's such a cool thing how each champion has their unique journey. You know, there was Azir, who you mentioned also working on, who was in some Flawless. form of work. For, yeah, yeah. You know, that, that that happens after being in some form of work for like two years. I think it yeah. was from the very earliest conception. Whereas others, uh, you know, tend to tend to come out much more much more quickly. Uh, and again, they each have their own unique journey. I know in this case, what surprised me is that I I kind of offhand had picked up a lot less on Talia just from hearing around the office than I'm used to with some of some other champs that have come out. Um, I don't know particularly why that is in this case, but I'm definitely interested in diving into the details. So can one of you tell me what was the original genesis of this idea? I know that sometimes it's like, oh, we have a gameplay idea, a guy with two guns or a bird who commands sand, you know, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> well, well, I'm going to tell you a boring story. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, this one was a very, very smooth uh, production schedule. There were obviously a couple of um, a couple of obstacles in the way that we did overcome, but uh, the genesis of it was something we call fantasy slotting. So we look at um, champions that we have released or will have released by the time the champion that we're making comes around. Mm-hmm. And we're like, hey, we haven't made X in a while. And most of our champions Champions start with fantasies, and there's some example, some some exceptions, where Aurelian started out with. Well, we had this idea for our shin a while ago, and we sort of promised people that that's uh, that was a weird that, one. Yeah, but normally it's fantasy slotting. In this case, it was like, well, we should do a mid laner. We should do an actual traditional magey mid laner. So it's kind of role rotation to some extent, where we're like, okay, we need to, we, we should probably do another mage. Sometimes it's role. Sometimes it's like, hey, we haven't made a monster in a while, or maybe we haven't made. I don't know, a uh, positive, optimistic, upbeat champion in a while, which uh, sort of is true with a, with an arrogant space dragon and a mass murderer and a tentacle okay. god priestess in the past. That's super interesting because it, it sounds like there's basically a couple different axes between like gameplay style, uh, fantasy, the role that the champion is played in, like all of these things, and they're all kind of on rotators. And it seems like to some extent it's almost kind of like, all right, what haven't we done in a couple of these ways uh, to be kind of, you know, trying something new. Uh, it, it, that's how, that was essentially her genesis, it I, sounds like? I think that's kind of how it starts, but I think there's definitely room as uh, what we call the ideation process, where we mm-hmm. take those ideas and we talk them out throughout the pod, and okay. we kind of see what is the most interesting, what's the most compelling gameplay-wise, uh, like art-wise, what can we do with this, what's the sto- interesting story that we can tell there, and if something involves from that that is different, potentially, than where we started, I think the champion team's always been open to pursuing what is the best thing we can do for the players like what what can we do that's awesome not what did we set out to do very, okay very clear example of that mm-hmm. tom kent started out as hey we haven't made a top lane tank in a while uh halfway through his development we're like you know what eating allies is a lot of fun and once again i am sorry um and we decided that as somebody who wants to eat allies it just makes a lot of sense for him to eat allies from the very beginning so he can learn how to do it which means, well, he is now a support. He's not so, eating allies enough. We need uh, more of that. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's how I feel, at least. This is amazing. Um, so, we, so we pivoted in that case. We're like, well, gotcha. we'll still get like a secondary tank, but he needs to be a support because that's what his kit does best. Okay. So what was the first time where you kind of, in retrospect, found the genesis of what would like look like Talia? Where, where did that come from? Where it was like, okay, you got beyond, all right, we're making a mage, or even we're making, you know, uh, a mage who's going to manipulate Earth, and, and then you found yeah. that that kind of earliest visual look that would come to where we are. So, normally this is something that, that I'd like Willem to talk about, but this, and this is because it's art, actually, it came from a piece of art, but mm-hmm. I am such a fan of this piece of art, so I'm I am generally, as a rule, a, a huge fanboy of both our, uh, art and narrative disciplines. And He'll be a good hype man for this. He's yeah, like, man, just yeah, take oh, it. Man. You don't, it's so good. You don't strike it. me as a fanboy at all, no, Daniel. No, I do play video games and I'm a nerd. <laughs> um, so Evan Montero was the uh, so he's an illustrator here at Riot. Is that correct? Illustrator. He's uh, the splash artist for Champion Team. So yep. gotcha. um, as of uh, 
couple of splashes or a couple of champs ago, he's going to be the dedicated um, splash artist for most of the splashes that come okay. out of champs. So we have him to thank for that awesome splash art. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we sat down as a pod in very early ideation. We we're like, okay, we're making a mage. What kinds of archetypes are there for mages? And we very, very quickly narrowed it to we want to make an elemental mage. And I think the two that were top in the running at the time were earth mage and lightning mage. Mm-hmm. And Evan was like, well, okay, let me just knock some of those out. And he made this lineup of Five uh, characters. I hope that we will get the concept art into the insights piece, um, which will be out sometime after this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, he made a lineup of five characters, and one of these characters, he gave each of them a, a nickname. And one of them was nicknamed Stoneflower. Um, oh. It was this even younger than Talia, younger girl, um, like a hat band kind of thing and she's standing in this circular sort of like woven looking mm-hmm. stone impression and she had these little fragments of rock uh, orbiting her arms and I'm looking at this now with Talia finished and like we were 80% of the way there the first time he did anything and I remember me coming into the next wow. ideation session saying well guys we're done here this is like a week into ideation like this is it. This we're, is what I'm making. We're this. making X the stone flower. Okay. Right, <laughs> right. And um, a couple of the other, um, the, the te- tectonic marvel was another one of those. We took a little bit of that, and then we had the thunderbird, which mm. was like a take on a young girl, a lightning mage. Um, we didn't take any of that concept, other than the post that she's in in that piece. Hey, is, that's something. Is mm-hmm. exactly Talia's run post. Like if you see okay. her with the long sleeves, even like mm-hmm. from day one, Ev- Evan is just a genius. That's the like one this- piece we took away from there. Is the yep. the sleeve element? Yeah. yeah. This sounds like this Evan guy knows what he's doing. You're mm-hmm. saying yeah. he, he made this lineup, and and then you guys were like, okay, these are all things these are we all need amazing. to do. Okay. So so Willem, I'm curious. Um, these are kind of the very earliest foundations, and I know that your role as as I believe a 3D character artist, mm-hmm. um, uh, would would kind of like most emphatically be a little bit later in the pipeline of 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 the you know kind of art progression. But can you speak at all to like how the evolution began uh, from that earliest kind of concept roots? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. At the beginning of the of the process we we tend to seed ideas so we pull ideas from across um, different different pods um, different artists across uh, the studio sometimes from skins team and and champ up and try is, to find is that the, related to like the mood boards and stuff that I've seen and like the three pillars or or is it that helps yeah. in the construction of that okay yeah so in the ideation process the the design narrative and art teams kind of um, pull together some image reference maybe some uh, pillars that we can build around some story sketches and we kind of push those around until we settle on something that we can all kind of get behind and it's a it's a strong collaboration between the the three primary disciplines, art, narrative, design. Okay. It's a constant back and forth reinforcement. Um, narrative will design uh, or, or strengthen the narrative um, elements of the character, and then art will come back and inform that until we find something that we feel is very well aligned with one another. So um, once we have that nugget, once we found that stone flower direction, at that point we're refining the character um, until we feel like we have something that is unique, that doesn't cross over any other existing champions. Um and is something that is uniquely League of Legends. That's what I was waiting for. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, I know this is coming. I'm <laughs> That's the line. We can't just make a dragon. It has yeah. to be a League of Legends dragon. Right. You know? <laughs> it's very important because we we yep. want it to be uniquely ours. Yeah. It and needs to fit in. Like at this point, we've iterated enough on the visual style. Like again, we've had a whole nother go at the base map that it's important that it all looks like it fits together. You know, we've had that issue before of like, holy, how are these two guys in the same game? This guy's flying a freaking like UFO and this, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Is that the actual term? Yeah, the reconnaissance. Oh, I forget what. You're I, kidding me. Fun, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is this is this is true. In Corky's law, he's reconnaissance something frontline copter. Oh yeah. my god, he's actually in a rufflecopter. God, God bless early. League God of bless, Legends. God bless. Just, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, cool. Thanks for that insight. So, so we <laughs> talking to Willem, not not you, Daniel. Yeah, yeah, I know. God, get out. Um, okay, so so we've got kind of that early. It's it sounds like the spark is there, kind of early in uh, the the art. Um, and I imagine obviously some of the the details of 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 her, kind of her background and and gameplay start flowing from those things as well. Um, what kind of took the next lead? What did the story start to flesh itself out immediately, or or gameplay, or kind of together? So I joined um, Blue. Pod, I joined Riot like uh, a couple weeks, I guess, into Talia's ideation. And um, I remember the first image I saw of Talia was one that Evan did, but not the Stoneflower one, um, 
but uh, of a girl sitting in the middle of what looked like woven stone um, kneeling. And she had this very like kind of dark skin and she just looked like she was from the desert. And I was like, okay, great. You know, and she had these very textile driven clothes. And I said, well, maybe she like weaves stone. And uh, I think it's starting to build off of that image and like, why would she weave stone? Where did she come from? Like, uh, you know, like what are her people like? And, you know, where did this power come from? Mm -hmm. Um, All built from from an image and then just starting to go off of that. And uh, I think I did a couple of like story sketches and then uh, trying to just see how she would interact in the world and um, what kind of personality she had. I, I love that idea. I've heard about this recently where it, it's it's basically kind of like you do like just, I mean, you said sketches, but yeah, like that's the thing is it's just like some like concepty kind of like doodling almost, but from a narrative sense where, where it's just figuring out like, okay, what might work, what might not, like what feels good? It's such a long time... Um, until we can actually get a, a, like a, a 3D model rigged, ready for animation um, and effects that go into that. And and words can go a lot faster than that at the very beginning. So a it's a good place for us to be able to hear kind of like what her voice sounds like, how she interacts with the world. How does she move? You know, like what does she manipulate? What does she think about other people? Um, how did you know, how does she internalize everything that's around her? And I think that you know, when the team reads those kind of things, they can either agree with it and we write new ones or they can say, oh, this is totally it. And, um, you know, when they go to do the animation, there's something to work off of. If they go to do, you know, it informs what her hairstyle looks like and what color her clothes are and, and that kind of thing. So it, it it's just like a piece of concept art, only it's made with words. That, that's awesome. Uh, go ahead. There, there was actually one specific point where the narrative um, side of things really helped um, to define the visuals. Uh, early on, Ariel did a uh, comic script, yes. right? That we that that told her base story. Mm-hmm. Like it was it was one of the the first pieces of narrative work that we got for Talia, and um, very easy to digest because it was just line by line. Um, the whole pod read that and instantly got a very clear idea of who this character would end up being, and that drove us from that point on. It drove us in a specific direction. I think some of the things that that you defined in there was that she was from a nomadic tribal village, that she was a weaver by trade. And there was a very interesting nugget in there that I think we really kind of um, held on to throughout production, which was that she she sees the world through the lens as a weaver. And that because she found this source of power, this extremely powerful control over uh, the element of rock, she wouldn't just throw out chunks of rock. She's an artist, and the only way that she knows to create is by, by weaving. So naturally she would take that medium of stone and weave it in the only, only way that she knows how. Um, that felt really powerful and it felt very unique. And that's sort of what makes her uh, our version of a stone mage rather than just a generic stone mage. Yeah, if Talia had been born in a, in a city surrounded by people, maybe she would have built like, you know, great architecture, you know, big big city walls or, or things like that. But because her family and her parents and her people were weavers and nomads, like she's going to process that, that concept of magic in a completely different way. Um, and I think that was the thing that kind of made her endearing to us is this, uh, this concept of this girl who's just trying to get a hold of the power that's within. And the only way she can do that, how the only way she can parse her own power is through the teachings of her people. Man, that's really awesome. I can't wait to see that in action. Um, one, of, one of the cool things that that you kind of helped me realize during that is as we talk a lot on these podcasts and really everywhere about like obviously how we lavish so much more love, attention and, and, and detail into Champions these days as opposed to five years ago when we were slamming them out like two yeah. every two weeks. Um, and I, I guess I hadn't thought much more deeply about that in, the, in that a lot of that goes into that long-term art pipeline, like you, like you as as say like a technical artist or or or, or the splash artist or the the 3D character artist. Kind of, there's almost like a chain going on where like the previous part needs to get done before then the texturing can happen and all of that. And because we're putting so much more technical detail into all that work, there's kind of a longer timeline there in which you, in which the designer and and the writer can be kind of iterating on what you're doing which is really cool because it means we get more story. Um, so I, I know we've already seen a little bit of that with Talia, and I believe there's more to come, so I'm, I'm really excited along those lines. So during the time that this is going on, I would be working on what you call prototypes. So I 
cobbled together from existing assets in the game uh, something that we can play. Oh, we've seen that, yeah, where it's yeah. like, I remember in the old uh, company playtest days where we'd have like some new thing and it'd, it'd be like a red colored version of some other champion that right. we thought would be vaguely <laughs> reminiscent and then we'd have random ability icons and stuff like that. Yep. I, I Placeholder at VFX, all that stuff. I took uh, Karma's model actually. Karma, okay, cut makes off, sense. Cut off the wings thingies that she has. Oh, there. we can do that now? Before well, it was just like, let's turn it Green. I opened the texture file and very inexpertly edited it. There was still, there was still like learning. Yeah, he's got some great textures. Willem saw it and yeah. screamed in horror. <laughs> there was still like little bits and pieces floating that I couldn't find in the texture. File. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's close enough. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's okay if it bugs out every now and yeah, then. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and her reveal is going to be out when this comes out, right? Yes. So I can talk about her abilities. Absolutely. Awesome. So her Q threaded volley, she uh, throws out a bunch of rocks, right? And those used to be just literally Anivia E's that are just loaded up in paint.net, colorized, brown, safe, done. Dang, that probably, that probably looked pretty scary. <laughs> it looked pretty dumb. <laughs> okay, it, well, got, <laughs> it got lost a lot and nobody could see where the missiles were. So it was, um, I remember I walked over to Evan and I was like, hey, Evan, I have these, these placeholder things. Nobody can see where they are. They can't dodge them. What's a better color than brown? <laughs> gotcha. And then it was like, uh, orange, and that worked out. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, why we need artists. What was the foundational yeah. part of the kit? Like, you know, I feel like a lot of time there's like, oh, the passive came to mind first, mm -hmm. or this, like, we built it around the W, you know, like, or, or Brahm shielding and things she like that. a pretty solid kit from the get-go, but I think the thing that really started to coalesce her character was when um, her passive and her alt kind of started to, to kind of get that overlap. When the surfing came up, then I, everybody was like, holy shit, I want to do that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, from, the, from the very beginning, we had a couple of starting points. We actually had a... Um, a prototype kit that had been kicking around for a while that we called Terrain Mage. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I remember yeah, that. That yeah. was that's a while back. That's a while back. Yeah, Max Ma, a former writer, was working on that. Um, and Terrain Mage did a couple of really cool things, including Terrain Mage had this one ability where he had a, a skill shot that could be uh, empowered by ripping parts of a wall out and gotcha. throwing them at the enemy. Mm -hmm. So his gameplay was all about uh, finding a fresh piece of wall that you could rip out and throw at the enemy. And there were issues with that, right? Oh, yeah. Because it was very, very binary in terms of, I'm sorry, that's that's designer language. Um, depending on where you were, that skill was either very powerful or very weak. Like if you're in the middle of mid lane and there's no wall anywhere around you, that skill isn't great. If you're fighting in the jungle, oh my God, there's walls everywhere. So I remember I actually started, the very first thing I put in was, I wanted to make a take a, do a spin on that uh, on that ability. I thought maybe she could create some walls for herself to use for that ability too. Was that a pun? Spin. Mm -hmm. It is now. Are we, start, just, are we starting the pun? It's unconscious now. <laughs> the puns yes. have begun. It has begun. Flee now, yeah. flee, listeners. Uh, and I remember it was like, oh god, this is so going to be so hard to detect the edge of a wall properly and to decide how I want to slice walls and everything. So before I do that, just so we have something in playtesting, I'm gonna submit this like placeholder ability where she rips up the ground instead of the walls around her and it's like eh nobody's gonna like that it's probably dumb it just puts a bunch of circles on the ground where's the gameplay in that and then everybody loved it from the very first play it was like this was so cool I was always looking out for new fresh ground and then Ariel told me like, that makes a lot of sense for her as a nomad to be somebody who keeps wanting to move to fresh ground I was like huh maybe that's the spell I should be making League of Legends champion design uh, yeah. happy Happy accidents. Uh, imagine a dog <laughs> in a lab coat and I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> this is going to be terrible. Daniel, we love this. You're a genius. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I planned am. this. <laughs> exactly. Okay, awesome. So, yeah, I, I can definitely imagine. That makes a lot of sense that this crazy ultimate as well as that very unique oh, yeah, passive yeah. Oh, would kind of be those things where it's like, okay, we see those, this starting to come together. They came in, those came in, I would say, late relative to the rest of the kit, okay. but still early relative to when kits normally finish. Sure. And, and, but that's where it started putting smiles on people's faces oh, yeah, is what yeah. Sound like okay. I, I remember the first time we saw the alt mm -hmm. on the art the, on the art side when yeah. we first saw the iteration of the alt. Um, Daniel had just put it in for a play test. Did this have a placeholder view? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, it was what a, was yeah. it? Anivia wall chunks. Yeah, so, <laughs> it brown. Oh yeah, it was beautiful. Thanks, Anivia. Yeah. Oh man, that was the moment where we all collectively looked at it and said, "Oh." 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is something that we can all get behind. And the excitement. This is the next lead champ. Dramatically. Okay. Yeah. We could sort of see the vision for the final gotcha. at that point. That's um, super cool. The passive then came after that, right? Yeah. The passive came after that. We had a bunch of passives that just didn't do anything for her. I wanted to say, hey, maybe you get to the wall and your next auto attack is strong. It's like, nah, you don't really want to auto attack. You're a mage, right? Uh, until I realized, A, moving fast along walls is already fun. We knew this because for last preseason, one of the members of Life Design Team was spiking uh, a an exploration of different boots. So instead of enchants, you could get different types of boots. And one of the types, and most of them didn't test well. There was one that tested really well. They were called terrain boots. And all they did was give you a bunch of movement speed when you're near terrain. It was like, I'm stealing that. <laughs> and that's that's basically how most of our champions get made. I'm stealing something from here. It's a lot of stealing. You're, you're, stealing. you're the best yeah. champ designer stealing. I've ever met. I am. I make all of my own things. You just got to make good acquisitions. Uh, uh, so, yeah, didn't, didn't you even inherit Lucian from someone else? Um, there may have been a gunslinger kid before. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, the only thing I can actually claim on Lucian is the R. That's the only thing I designed. And I liked it so much, I put it on Talia again. The, uh, what? Yeah, her Q is Lucian's R. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Power creep. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. It's so nice. Visionary champ design from Daniel yeah. Z. Klein. But uh, yeah, no, the, the passive um, was another one of those. Was like, oh, I don't know what to. I know I want to give us something near terrain. Terrain boots were kind of cool. I know they were fun. Let's just throw that in there, and then later on add something else. And it turned out that something else that we needed to add to the passive wasn't gameplay at all. It was a sweet rock surfboard. Ah, uh, yes, Once exactly. That came in. People were like, oh "Once you have the swag, God. you're good to go." Yeah, <laughs> and it was thematically similar to the alt. So it yeah, started sure. creating a sort of a foundation there. You started getting a sense of her personality. She's she's playful, right? She likes to explore. So both of those things um, actually reinforce the thematic that we were sure. looking for on her. So I don't know if you want to. Well, yeah, I, I have one thing I have oh, to say sure. is that this this style of it's funny. I've heard different there for different champions. You have a different role that the ult will play, and mm -hmm. and this sounds like one of the turning it up to eleven ults where it's like, oh, I can always kind of do this, but now I can really do this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, sorry, that's that's enough for me and my amateur design. You were saying? Oh no, I I think um you know for for us as a a, a champion pod, we were really just interested also in making uh, this like this human girl like uh, somebody who didn't have a tortured past or, yeah. you know, um, parents weren't killed in a shower of blood or, yeah, yeah like the, just trying to remove as much darkness mm -hmm. um, that's kind of inherent in a lot of uh, League Champions' I mean, upbringings. It's, uh, it's, it's almost edgy how much she isn't edgy. Uh, yeah. Normcore, uh, yeah. I think Normcore. is the term. That's, yeah, that's she, the wow. I mean, like, uh, she has a family that cares about her very much. And, and I think that's actually one of the, the harder things is that, yeah. um, you know, what, what do you do to keep the people that you love safe? Like, what are you willing to give up? And I, I think for her, she's willing to sacrifice that that love that the people that she cares for to gain control of this magic. And uh, I, I think that was really powerful for me to just to have this girl go out on her own and try and find that. Um, it wasn't something I had really seen um, before in League, at least. So this is actually something we uh, aligned around early on in ideation. We all wanted to make a younger girl. We hadn't made a girl in this age bracket, like 16-ish, we're saying, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah okay. she's about 16. How yeah. old is Lowy? You, you mentioned this is probably late 30s. 30s. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. Okay, sorry. So. Interesting segue. I, um, I don't usually think like, oh, yes. That's yeah. A, yeah, okay, go ahead. Um, and we wanted to make a girl that has a positive mindset, that's optimistic about things. And we immediately got some amount of uh, concern from people outside <laughs> of the team where it was like, well, is she just going to be like, Brain dead, Barbie-ish is this going to be, no offense to Lux players, just another Lux, right? Because as much as I love Lux, the champion, and there's some really fun things to do with her in the game, it is true that she can be pretty single note. Yeah, one one note. I, I think one that note. the interesting thing High is that... High pitched as hell, yeah. When you say like, oh, we're going to make a, a positive young girl, that... that a consensus of opinion is like, oh, they're only going to be bubbly and and one note positive. And I think that was the the thing is that no, she let's find somebody who's got depth. Like she's got reasons because of of what she's doing and where she's going and who she meets and 
We're trying to make her as much of a real person as possible. Gotcha. And, and, the pillar, and that's where Ariel steps in. Yeah. <laughs> Flesh that out a bit. <laughs> the, the pillar that you used was uh, optimistic grit? Or uh, something uh, like that? Defiant optimism. Defiant one optimism. Of that. I, yeah, I think her pillars like, yeah. are uh, taming wild magic and uh, youthful heart adult troubles. Sure. And, um, and I mean, she's she's uh, she may be optimistic, but she's still growing up in the desert as part of a caravan. She's not in some like, you know, ivory ivory castle or yeah, anything she's, like that. She's seen some some of the world. I mean, I think that she's probably one of our more well-traveled uh, yeah. uh, Valorans in terms of sure. like being able to see she's been to, she grew up in Shrima, she's been to Noxus, she's been in Ionia, like we we hint at some some Freljord stuff. Like she's, she's seen, seen some, some stuff. Yeah. Okay, yeah, there we go. Gotcha. Uh, one thing, just to totally segue, one thing I have to talk about is the, like, I'm always intrigued by the tech that goes into things. Ever since I talked to, I believe, uh, Rory Alderton uh, about Yasuo back in the day, and he's like, well... The sword sheathing. Yeah, the sword oh sheathing, and like, well, you know, the hair wasn't moving, so we just had to, like, make some new stuff for it, you know, and yeah. stuff like that. And, and I'm curious, in this case, you had to not only do the the earth mage thing, you had to do it in a very particular way that sounds difficult as hell. Uh, when I, when we're talking about weaving and very graceful, uh, you're talking gracefully. You're talking earth. That doesn't seem to match up at all. Uh, what was that like having to like visualize the art for that? Was it as challenging as it sounds? <laughs> there was a lot of challenges around that. Um, so that is where we have a phase of of development after we have the core idea, sort of the nugget. Uh, we go into a phase called pre-production. Mm -hmm. At that point, we we have a general sense of where we want to head, but we haven't solved anything yet. Um, to get the look for the particles, we spent a lot of time doing research and development on the uh, VFX side, VFX being the, the particle effects, um, spell effects in the game. A mm -hmm. um, lot of concept explorations, which would then be thrown over to the particle artist to... to um, test out in the game to see how it looks when it's moving around. So a lot of collaboration went into that. And that was probably the largest single art um, um, challenge that we had to face. Oh, for sure. I can imagine. Um, because like you said, we wanted to, one thing that we that we noted um, with Talia's design is that as she, there was a lot of the the, um, the kit that that spoke to motion, right? She, she spins with the cue and there's a cadence to the rock she throws out. Um, the minefield that she lays out, there's a, there's a bunch of rocks that come out in a pattern. Um, we wanted to get that that uh, rhythmic sense of of weaving represented in her character. And so she, as she took form, we realized she, she was actually a very graceful, yeah. fluid character. And we liked the juxtaposition of the fluid rhythmic elements in, in both of her, her kit and her animations and how that contrasted with the element that she uses, which is stone. So she ends up being this uh, very graceful character that uses a very plodding type of that, something you associate with being really plodding, you mm -hmm. know, like heavy stone. But the beauty is that we were able to still capture the feeling of of heavy rock impacting with characters, right? Sure. It's not just... Um, oh, so on the receiving end, it's, right. it's much less great. It still yes. feels okay. impactful. And you can you can really tell the knock-up, you know, there's, there's some punch to it. Um, when you cast the alt, you can feel the weight of the rocks as they... Um, as they push sure. out of the earth, graceful coming out of her hand. Not so much when it when it hits that uh, that Darius. Yeah, okay, gotcha. And finding that balance is a lot of iteration. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say okay, that just sounds like it would just take a lot of iteration over and over. Because um, I I know I know like making sure everything appears hand painted and very personal in that way mm -hmm. uh, is a huge part of what we do. So I imagine there was a lot of like okay, let's do it again. Once more with feeling. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of paint overs. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Cool. So um, we've talked a ton about about the development. Uh, now you know we're at the point where like this thing's going to be rolling out, and I kind of want to just get into that a little bit. So uh, you know, what what like what does she mean for the world? Uh, Ariel is is what I'm always one of my first questions. You know, is obviously you mentioned I believe she's Shereman. Um What just what what is how does she add to it? Well, I think we get a better picture as to kind of like what what Sharima is, what it was, and what it is now. Sure. <clears throat> average girl with the supernatural powers. Yeah, I, I think the thing is that we've had a lot of kind of uh, disparate uh, narrative type events where near stories and stuff of, of different places. And um, for me, Talia was a way to kind of um, explain a little bit of that and kind of connect some of those dots. Um, and, uh, you know, like we had, you know, the tale of Azir rising. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, somebody who's been been dead or out of the picture for at least, you know, a millennia or something like that. 
Uh, the desert probably flourished while he was gone with people. They didn't all leave. Um, so, so what happened to those <laughs> something, people? Something yeah. besides the Rexai that are out there yeah, eating people. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Rexai has somebody to eat. Let's explore the, the tale of that sad caravan guy who got eaten in Rexai's story. <laughs> but I think to just not not drop those things completely sure. and go back to that and say, all right, well, if these people are here and somebody comes back and, you know, what does that mean? How does how do people feel about that? You know, they don't know that Azir was going to free the slaves. Everybody died in, in Sharima. Like, the only person who knows that is Zareth, and I don't think he's going to be saying yeah. anything anytime soon it's, about that. It's like, hey, guys, you thought I was a myth and I was gone for a few thousand years, but I'm back now and I'm your emperor, so the order is given, I guess. You know, I, I would not be best pleased sure. if I was... There's got to be some people. Yeah. And I, th- I think that that, um, I mean, one of the, the stories that I ended up being um, that I wrote that ended up being um, part of her, her promotional launch stuff was the bird and the branch story. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I had just gotten to write And at that point, I had asked my team, I was like, well, what kind of story do you want to see? And I think somebody, um, the lead for champion team, Ryan Vernier, was like, I would really like to see like a samurai and a snow story. And I was like, great. All right. Um, well, Yasuo. All right. Let's see what I can do with <laughs> yeah. that. And did I started. He, did he really say a samurai and an X story? Uh, no, a samurai in the snow. He was just, uh, I don't even remember very much of the conversation, but it was just that jumping off point. Um, and I, I thought about it. And, you know, like Talia and needs to learn how to control these very elemental powers and we you know she would probably hook up with an elemental mage of some variety who would who knew how to control those types of things so um, I wrote a story about the two of them and uh, it ended up being that uh, we got to release it for the promo and mm-hmm. so I got to kind of see where she started and then um, to get them parted uh, and her back to Sharima but you know I, I hope that it got to expand Yasuo's character a little bit that he wasn't just such a I don't know couple words, I guess I could describe Yasuo from the fans and stuff. I, I guess it, I hope it, it humanized him a little bit more. Well, I mean, it's just the bigger, like, Terra is so big, and, and we want it to be even bigger, mm-hmm. and just, and 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 there's, that's been a long-term effort for the last year, a couple years, and, and you even mentioned it with her, it's like, okay, well, there's Sharima, oh, shoot, who actually lives there? Well, we should probably flesh that out, and it's a long-term effort, we're doing that in this case, and it's really cool, as you mentioned, that, that yeah, we can be linking other champions in. I know that's something we were doing with Burning Tides as well, it was really cool, oh my gosh, TF and Graves, they're going to interact and hang out, how yep. awesome is that? We can't. We can't link, link like 50 champions together, but yeah. we certainly could do one or two. And as long as they had a good reason mm-hmm. for, for, you know, that, that we could build off of. And I think that, you know, that gave us a lot of, um, at least me when I was writing the, the VO script, a lot of insight of, of how can I connect her more to the world around her, to champs. You know, like she would have strong feelings about Noxus and Ionians and other Sharimans and, uh, you know, like just giving that back to the players and trying to make our world just a little bit more cohesive is, yeah, I guess is why I'm on the team. So It's it's also something that players have asked for yeah. a lot. And we shouldn't always give players everything they ask for because uh, sometimes they don't <laughs> know what they Gotta save something really for six months down the line. Uh, yes, that as well. <laughs> um, but that's that's a big one. Another one I think that you handled really well in that story is uh, people often ask what would... Uh, actual abilities and actual fight look like in the lore and we have this beautiful beautiful part in the inn in the end where Talia knocks the uh, captain of the guard up and Yasuo presses R oh yeah God. spoilers yeah. <laughs> that's what you get for not having read the story uh, yet yeah, 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 yeah. at the time morning, we recorded so. this I hadn't read the story yet yeah. that's, that's, uh, that's my bad okay that, I'm, yep. I'm real stoked for that because yeah. uh, <laughs> that was actually one of my favorite things about the Mount Targon story stuff is, is Pantheon grand sky falling off of the freaking mountain into the middle of the guys I was like Okay, I need to go play Pantheon right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's a fun thing when we did the podcast for that, and uh, Aunt Reynolds was like, "Yes, that's what we're trying to get for." Because that's the thing is, is in the end, League of Legends is a game, and we want it to be mm-hmm. a very supported game and all this stuff around it. But ideally, these things should all make you be like, "Yes, I want to be yeah, this person." I think <laughs> most of her kit is represented in that story. So I, yeah. I, I mean, like that was really important to me to make sure that I would, you know, talk to Daniel and say, like, "Um, am I getting this right? Is this how you see it?" Because sometimes when we're writing that stuff, we don't have the animations yet, or we don't have the effects yet and that it becomes this weird interconnected circle where we all kind of feed off of each other. Sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Although Reddit Reddit does think now that she uses a sling in her auto attack. Sorry. So, yeah. <laughs> she's she moved on from the sling. That's yes. actually what's happened. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. She's learned that no she doesn't need needs, the sling. No longer needs the there sling. We go. So on the gameplay front, what are we expecting in terms of her eating live? Uh, it seems like there's a little like we haven't done I think I think one of the key things is that she's gonna be more of a control mage, which is something we haven't quite seen as much of the recently. Modern word is disruptor. Oh, 
okay. Yeah, yeah, we have sorry. a whole like vocabulary. I'll need to refresh myself now. on that devlog. Yes, yes, yes. It's a very good devlog <laughs> that has like ten terms to remember. Eh, it's not so bad. <laughs> no, no, it's it's really it's really good. I mean, it's those are guiding principles. Is the thing yeah. we want. It, they help us internally think, okay, all right, here's the idea to keep to, uh, and then exter- externally for players to know what to expect as well. They help us judge um, what is appropriate and isn't appropriate for character sure. classes as well. So if I'm saying, hey, I'm a disruptor, and by the way, I'm also super tanky and I never die. I'm like, mm, sure. Well, they hold you. They right. were, I, I believe they were specifically designed to hold you back a little yes. bit because you, you, you know, personally, you're so enthusiastic Daniel, yes, about your yes. champions. You really want them yeah. to just be able to do everything. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, <laughs> yes, normally they do. Um, so she is a disruptor with a twist of burst mage. Um, we haven't talked about all uh, the abilities in here, but um, one of the things she does is she puts down a minefield that only blows up if you dash through it. It's an interesting take on Poppy's W. Poppy's W actually sure. stops dashes. Uh, in Talia's case, she says, no, I'm not going to stop you. Feel free to dash. Do you feel lucky, punk? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Do you, are you prepared to suffer <laughs> for your dash? Um, oh, I love it. All yeah. these new ways we're punishing uh, yeah, the, the, the mobility and That's stuff like doing. that. That's what we're doing. I'm a big um, fan. But then, of course, as, you, as we do with modern kids, we have something called a self-setup in there. Um, if the enemy doesn't have a dash, it's like, oh, my minefield is never going to do anything to them. I'm like, no, you can W them through it. That counts as a dash. A self-setup, much like Yasuo has. Yes, Maybe she exactly. learned it from him. Q3, the lore nerd in me is 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 it's, it's quite, something. It's, it's quite, quite possible. <laughs> I don't know the verb there, but yeah, it's yeah. great. Kiki now. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate That's, it. Yes, yeah, there you go. Yeah. No, self-setters are important as a baseline, right? If your spell is super powerful against people with dashes but does literally nothing if they don't have one, Mm -hmm. then depending on who you play against, you may have a great game or a really poor game. And this this way, if you lane against, let's say, a Malzahar... Knock uh, him through the minefield. Knock him through the minefield. There (laughs) you go. And that's where she gets a little bursty because if you, you can... Only damage an enemy from a maximum of four mines that they touch as you knock them through. But if she does hit the full four mines, she doubles the damage that her E does. And, and it's bursty. And as we've seen from uh, uh, many, many Gragas YouTube videos at mm-hmm. this point, people love using one ability to knock uh, uh, enemies into your other ability. It's just immediately YouTubeable. Gragas, so. uh, Tristana, Alistair, all of those people are going to enjoy playing with Dahlia because they can just force people through the minefield. Sure. So leading into my next question, how was she during uh, uh, playtesting in terms of power level? I hear a lot of stories sometimes where people are just like, ah, this guy's trash. It's not going to work out. Other times where they're just a freaking terror for months yeah. on hand internally. Where, where was she on the power level? This is a very exciting one because we don't know where she's going to end up. We never know. <laughs> Great. We, we never know. <laughs> Can't go wrong. She's been actually surprisingly middle of the road okay. um, she has a couple of skills that are pretty hard to learn things we call unique sure. inputs oh, okay um, so stuff that you have to learn that's champion specific so her Q keeping that on enemies moving around placing her E and tossing people through it with a W knowing when to write your wall when not to write your wall you can choose whether or not you want to write the wall and for everybody who's listening to this who is going to get it wrong the first time they play I'm just going to say this right now press the button once if you don't want to write just press it twice quickly don't even wait to write that's the biggest thing people still get wrong I'm just they probably still will I still will will. I I guarantee it yeah Um, so there, are, there is a good learning curve. It's I, I would hope it's not an Azir learning curve. I was about to say, it so okay, so it's, it sounds like it'll be some, but maybe not quite the Azir level of it like you ought, you pretty much auto lose the first time you play Azir. It shouldn't, yeah, like thirty five percent or so for your first yeah. Azir game. That's yeah. not cool. Um, <laughs> it shouldn't be as bad as Aurelian either, because Aurelian's positioning demands are very very hard. And oh, and there again, it's just so unique, like you said. Yeah, wait, yeah. wait, I can't hide in the bush. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, she has games where people that have played her like 20 times or so uh, are doing very well now to the point where I'm getting a little worried. But <laughs> then we pull in like somebody who is master rated on League and he plays his first game with Talia and he goes 0-10-0. And I'm like, what do I do? So what we do, Dylan, and this is an important thing that I've learned after three years of um, champion design, we use the only test environment that gives us any good feedback. Life. Yes. No, you're absolutely right. And that, that's the Very fun. passionate, loud feedback. Yeah, that's yes. the thing we always try. We're telling you players, like, we will continue iterating on this. Don't, yes, uh, of yeah. course. We're never done. Never done. Yeah. Um, I, I think with her, 
there's going to be really interesting as well with with all those unique inputs that like when I'm playing against her for the first time, I'm also not going to have yes. any idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. So we'll all be happy, happy newbies together with her. And once you've played against her a bunch of times, you can actually look at where the ground is worked. I guess mm-hmm. we haven't mentioned this yet. Her Q works the ground. So oh, man. A, yeah. Yeah. It rips up the ground, turns it pretty. She gets a bit of movement speed on that worked ground, but her Q becomes very, very weak on it. So she will want to step sure. off the worked ground to use a powerful Q. And once you've played against her a couple of times, at least this is my hope, you can get into her mind and you can anticipate where the Talia player will want to step to be powerful against you. And maybe you're placing your Chogath Rupture right there and then you eat her. Uh, is does the does the ground stay worked permanently? Three minutes. Three minutes. Okay. All right. That's a that's a long time. That's especially if you're just hanging around in mid lane. Yep. You can eat up all that mid lane if you're not careful. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, man. And it's it's also not a one way decision as well because while your Q gets weaker on the work ground, isn't it also cheaper? It is half mana cost, and you get that movement speed over work ground. So what we see sometimes is people like creating a corridor of work ground from wow. the from the tower to the middle of the lane, and then they stay on that corridor for farming because you can still farm with the sure. weak Q. And if they need to fight, they step off it. If they get ganked, they use the corridor to run back to their tower. That's so interesting. She can have such a, a, a different like you can kind of opt into one pattern or the other. Mm-hmm. Oh man doing a great job on this, guys. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited. Entire, I'm excited. plan, totally not a placeholder ability I was looking <laughs> yeah, to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah we got to remember that. I'm a genius. Happy still. accidents. I'm a genius. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, that's uh, that's awesome. Uh, I don't have any more immediate questions offhand. Are there any other things that you folks are particularly Ooh. excited to see come out or, or like I, cool little stories or tidbits you'd like to share? I want to talk about two things that I'm going to regret talking about oh, because people are going to yell at me why I didn't give it to them. Um, there were two things we tried with the alt. So one of the things that we explored early on that we kind of moved away from a little bit is just a haven't entirely moved away from but Talia is not fully in control over her power so still developing her training was cut short we we reference uh, Star Wars episode 5 a lot this is Luke uh, (laughs) feeling unready uh, leaving his training early right this is this is the moment in the end of Bird on the Branch and Yasuo tells her you're not ready you're risking your life for your family if you leave right now and she's like yep that's what I'm doing Um, so (laughs) yes yes, you are correct um So we wanted to have some abilities that feel like she's just barely in control. And some of that is the WE combo. Some of that is keeping the Q on people. You're like struggling to keep it on. But the biggest part where I did that, where I went really big, was with the ultimate. Um, And it used to be the ultimate was, so the ultimate is is this very long wall. It used to be she didn't ride it. She would just stand there and make the wall. But as she's creating the wall, imagine it's like a missile that pulls the wall behind itself. Mm -hmm. She could curve it. Interesting. And it was really hard to get the right curves and you felt like you were you were wrestling with this primal force of like, no, go there, wall, go there. <laughs> um, we moved away from the curving for a bunch of reasons. It, like There were just too many inputs at that point if I wanted to let you ride it yeah, and also curve it. pretty dang crazy. But I ended up finding a really simple uh, way to make up for that where she's just just a little bit too fast currently in riding the, the alt for you to really feel in control of when you jumped off the wall. You're like, I want to kind of get there, but oh my God, it's so fast, it's all happening. That's so cool yeah. that you guys are, not only are you making, you are you are designing a kid appropriate to her identity, it's also like literally how old and in control of her yeah. power she is. That's such a cool thing. You definitely want, I mean, like you want the kid uh, for the player to feel as much like her or as much in the world as she is. And I, I think that, for me, her barely contained power, I think that is, it's a joy to use, but it's also scary as hell. Got you. The magic word there is thematic cohesion. Oh, these buzzwords. <laughs> 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 yeah. That's something that we always hold up as a as a guiding principle. We try to make the art, the narrative, and the design all play nicely together so that you look at one and the others make sense. Mm-hmm. Like when I play Teemo and I feel truly satanic. Exactly. It, it is achieved so, in that yeah. point. Okay. It's just you. All right. So, <laughs> so uh, I, I, yeah, as, as sad as some players might be about that, I think in the end they'll be okay because you get, let's yeah. be real, you get to surf. Well, um, but the, the, the other one that they're going to be a little bit sadder about because the other thing we tried before we even had the uh, alt wall, mm-hmm. there's an ability that I've always wanted to do. Um, I had a kit ba- way back in 2013 that had that ability on it. Um, what it was basically her alt one was she could select one piece of, uh, one chunk of terrain so however big that chunk of terrain is everything that that terrain touches and that would go away for 30 seconds 
What the heck? Art, yeah. Art nightmares, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain Summoner's Rift is a singular piece. Like, it's like one big yeah, painting. sort of. It was, it's it complicated. Was, yeah, it's... It was very complicated to get it to work, and it was a very interesting and exciting mm -hmm. idea. Yeah. Um, and when we experiment with it, we could get the technology to work on the gameplay side. On the art side, um, one of the reasons why we we moved away from it is the the amount of rework we would have to do to yeah. the actual map. Yeah. Was yeah. substantial. Yeah. And from the crazy mind of Z Klein. But, yeah. <laughs> but that's not actually the reason we gave it up, though. Yeah. There are different reasons too, but that was, that was a contributing reasons, yeah. factor. What were the other? What was the real reason? So uh, the it art, better be good. Art and, tech, uh, and <laughs> technology are definitely two very big up there. Like we would have had to delay her for I don't know for a half year or so to get the work done, and that's not a thing we wanted to do. But it's also not a major ability. It turns out this is a support ability, or maybe an ability that Monday might want to live on an item or summon a spell. I don't know. Like no promises and like I said the challenges are just like huge. you stole the, the train boots yeah, yeah, man. it's in there in the toolbox it's, it's, <laughs> it's a give and take exactly we actually this is you joke about the toolbox but we have this this set of abilities that we know are good for the game that need to happen at some point and whoever is the first person to make them fit on a kit just gets to do it my W seismic shove mm -hmm. um is an ability we used to call Rupture Toss for the longest time. And Rupture Toss is something that we had in a kit all the way back in January 2014 for an Azir uh, prototype exploration that August Browning worked on. Okay. And That's he's Gypsy been, Lord. Yeah, he's been, uh, he's been pitching that ability to everyone who will <laughs> listen and people who will not listen as well. It's that and Sunstrike for him. And Use my ability! Yes, yes. Uh, he finally broke me down and he got me to use it. No, I, stole, I stole his brilliant idea. So we do have that toolkit, yeah. And I think wall destruction or like terrain destruction... Imagine they're doing Baron Pit, you're standing behind Baron Pit, and you just make the wall around Baron Pit go away. Sure. And everything just becomes a place, like terrain you can fight on. And so that terrain destruction is definitely going in that toolkit of someday this is coming to League. Gotcha. And I, th I think, fortunately, players probably won't mind too much because, again, surfing. And then also, yeah. like, thematic cohesion style, I, I think yes. this current one is a little more that whole weaving aspect we much talked better. about than simply making sh stuff disappear. <laughs> so, folks, we really hope you've enjoyed uh, the coverage so far to, uh, for Talia. Uh, and there's going to be more coming down the line. Uh, and really want to just thank all of you three uh, three for coming out here, as well as the other uh, artists and, and, and members of the pod who couldn't be here as well. Yeah, uh, any particular shout-outs? You can show them out. if you want. I got shout out the entire art team yeah, uh, there's a lot of talented guys who worked on this with us so Evan Montiero Hing Chui uh, we've got Nick Matthews Jason Kaiser uh, that's the art guys Nerds, on the lot they're, of them. Um, they're amazing dudes and we, we work <laughs> together really well on this so they, they all kicked ass on okay, this okay awesome and and of course Daniel Klein has no one to thank because he is the, the singular everything genius everything sprung fully formed <laughs> from my mind yes I think yes. he should probably be thanking our engineers I should uh, probably yeah, yeah. Yeah. Guys, guys. actually this is this is this is very true actually we have staffed up in engineering a lot recently and Amelia Van Hayden uh, was the engineer in the beginning of uh, Talia's process it's Kevin uh, Bora who saw her through to the end but she made that prototype to destroy walls in like a week it's like Ooh. oh god yeah. you could do that yeah. we have specific staffing needs uh needs yes. to meet your crazy mind on yeah. these things okay, yeah. that's really good. I'm, I'm imagining actually with that whole whole tearing thing a pretty funny thing now back when uh the work was going on on on, on the the latest look for summoner's rift i think somebody ripped the whole skin off and like hung it in just kind of a black background and they realized that there's just a Baron hanging out underneath, like just sitting there waiting to emerge, and he was just kind of like hanging in black space. And I'm imagining tearing a hole in the ground, and then and then and then screaming in fear because there's a Baron staring <laughs> back at you. Yeah, okay, pretty terrifying. Yeah, on that terrifying note, I think we're gonna wrap things up. So just again, want to thank uh, thank all the members of the pod and, and you three in particular for coming out here, uh, folks. Let us know uh, what you thought of the podcast, and make sure to you know like, subscribe us. Let us know what we could do better, uh, what you liked, all that kind of stuff, and uh, other that let's get out there and uh can't wait to see whether you her how you enjoy talia and we'll be back next time take care all right see you guys later yeah bye say bye daniel no okay well <laughs> bye folks <laughs>